we talked about earlier, some people who say, oh, I don't, I don't want to borrow any money, like debt is bad. But I, what I, the other point I wanted to make is debt is not bad on its own merits. It's what are you using? Are you borrowing to go on a vacation or are you borrowing to invest in an asset to get a better return than you're borrowing at? Are you looking for true personal freedom? The freedom to design a life you truly desire? Then you're absolutely in the right place. True personal freedom comes from when you take 100% responsibility and control of your money and your mind. Here, you're going to learn ideas, tips, and wisdom that's gonna help you bridge the gap from where you are now to your dream life in the future. My name is Randy Wilson, and welcome to the Rich Mind Podcast. everyone welcome back to the rich mind podcast and today coming back with joel solomon we're going to be digging into another one of his nine money rules and today we're on money rule number seven if you haven't caught the previous six i would highly recommend that you take a minute and go back and listen these episodes have been on the rich mind podcast have been dropping on wednesdays so that might help you as far as to clarify which day uh in times or as far as the dates to find to go back to find these previous episodes. So I would highly recommend that you do that right off the bat. Go back and re-listen to the, to the steps one through six. And as we dive into step number seven today. So Joel, appreciate you coming on. This has been a ton of fun. I'm super excited to hear what rule number seven is and see what kind of conversation we can dig from that as well. So welcome back. Thank you again, Randy, so much for having me. It's really an honor and a pleasure to be here once again. So rule number seven is... Uh, so the first six rules are, I will call them spiritual mindset rules, mindset rules of prosperity. And the last three, so two thirds of, of the book of the nine money rules millionaires use are mindset and spiritual rules of prosperity. And the last three are, I will call them processes or systematizing uh, prosperity and abundance. And so we went over rules number eight and nine uh, earlier, which uh, rule number eight is DIY investing. Rule number nine is don't diversify, which if you guys, what do you believe? Rule number one, what do you believe? So if you don't believe that, I'd highly recommend going back to watch that episode because I know it's controversial. It, uh, by the way, the subtitle of the nine money rules millionaires use is only the unconventional ones. So you're getting unconventional rules. Rule number nine, don't diversify. And I'm pretty sure no financial planner advisor will tell you that. But as a former hedge fund manager, I will tell you that my top five, six, seven ideas, maybe 120% of my return each year and the other 50, 60 lost me the 20% on average. So it's hard to have a hundred great ideas in stocks or real estate and crypto and so I recommend don't diversify. So let's get to rule number seven, which is maybe a four-letter word for some people. It's budgeting. And <laughs> I understand it may be, oh, come on. But I will tell you, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. And so the name of this chapter is called Where's My Cash Going? 
So I recommend putting together a spreadsheet. And if anybody wants it, just email me at joel at solomore.com. I'll give you my spreadsheet for what I call the budget game. And it's good to think about life as a game. And especially when you're a little stressed about, maybe you're a little stressed about money, your money situation, make it a game. And so we've made the where's my cash going a game so you can track where your cash is going. And then the game basically is to eliminate any debt over a period of time. And you start out with the smallest amount and which is an unusual thing uh, because most people will say, you know, cut out the highest interest rate loans first. But I, I, again, go back to the mindset piece and say, if you can eliminate one column, quickly, like your smallest debt item out of the balance outstanding is a few hundred dollars, get rid of that first. It'll make you feel better. And you'll see one column go away and you're like, oh, I'm making progress. It's a, it's a, it's a mental thing, a subconscious thing. Although another part of this chapter also goes into is credit good or bad. So I want to address that as well, because a lot of people who come to me have this view that any debt is bad. I, I literally had a client I was working with this month ask me because they he he and his wife got a windfall if they should use the windfall to pay off their mortgage debt, their mortgage loan. And my first question was, well, what's the interest rate on your mortgage loan? And he said, 3%. And I said, well, why would you want to do that? Because if you're investing at a higher return than 3%, that's a better use of that money than paying off that 3% debt. You're earning the spread between, say you can average 10%, which the average stock market investor has done over the last 50 years, versus 3%. If you pay off, if you put that windfall all into that mortgage loan and pay off that mortgage loan, at 3%, you've just earned 3%. Now you could say, okay, tax adjusted because, and it's maybe it's even lower because you're not getting the tax benefit. But uh, anyway, let's just call it 3%. Terrible use of that money. Why would, and, and in fact, inflation in 2023 is running around 5%. That's a negative return, <laughs> negative 2%. So what I always, what I like to ask my clients is what was what's the use of that credit and what's the use of the debt? Because, and I'm not saying to do this, but in 2008, late 2008, I was working at City as a hedge fund manager. And one of my colleagues came into my office when there was, the market had done really poorly that year. If, if you remember, Randy, the market was down 40%. Financial stocks were down 57%. And it was towards the end of the year and things were looking really bleak. And the government had done a lot of things like banned short selling. It had done a lot of different things. The Federal Reserve had, had cut interest rates dramatically and yet the market was still going down. And one of my colleagues came to me and said, you know, things look really bleak. I'm about to buy a bunch of stocks on margin. 
I'm going to borrow for my credit cards. And I was like, whoa. He said, look, you know, it's kind of binary right now. Either the world's ending or we're going to rebound and I'm going to make a ton of money. He used a different word, but I'm going to make a ton of money. <laughs> and so I said, okay. So he was borrowing from his credit cards at 25% annual fee, annual rate. Within one year, he had sold all his stocks and made over 90%. So is that a good use of a 25% borrow? Absolutely. He netted almost 75% return in less than a year. Annualized 70, 75%, call it. So I'm not saying to go out and borrow on your credit cards to invest. But what I am saying is to look at the use of the proceeds of the borrowings. And so if you can... Like I know some other people in, in that uh, are in my network have borrowed from their home equity loan um, in the last few years to invest in the stock market and made very good returns and then paid off their home equity loan. That was, again, their home equity loan, you know, three years ago was like 2%. So they were borrowing at 2% and investing in stocks making 10, 15, 30%. So that was again a very, and then they paid off their, they then they paid it back. So, what is the interest rate on your loan on the credit, and what is the earnings rate you're going to get with that money? And I'm not saying go to your credit card to borrow to fund your next vacation, because that's negative twenty five percent. There's no return. I mean, a great experience, yes, but there's no monetary return on that vacation. So the, those are the two main points I want to get across in that chapter uh, in rule number seven. You know, where's my cash going is one is budgeting. Knowing where your cash is going is the first step to creating abundance and prosperity of, in your life. If you don't know where the cash is going, you're planning to fail. And the, and the second is to know what the interest rate is on all those borrowings. One, one woman came to me recently and said, you know, I'm deeply in debt. I said, tell me. She said, you know, I graduated from college just six years ago, and they've been allowing us to defer some of that loans. And so I have massive student loan debt. I said, what's massive? She said, 50,000. I said, what's the rate? She said, I don't know. I said, well, that's more important than the 50,000. Let's go check it out. And she came back to me and she said it was 4.5%. So that, that's not that better rate in this environment right now. And so like, don't pay that off. Keep it out there because there are other uses of that 50,000 that I think you're going to get a much better return. And if you pay it off, you just earn 4.5%. So I love that. And the second piece as far as the good debt versus bad debt. And one thing, a couple of things I want to interject there is that education is key to be able to, to use debt. Debt's a tool, right? And if you understand how to use it to make this arbitrage, right, this spread, it can very quickly be a positive return, right? If you know what you're doing. So that would be my caveat. I just want to make sure that everybody understands that too. Yeah, we're not sitting there going, go take out loans and credit cards and all that good stuff to just randomly do things that you may not be educated to do. If you want to get educated, Joel would be a great guy to get with if you're interested in the stock market or any other asset class, because the man is is experienced all over the place in terms of assets. 
but that's the other part of it as well. My experience, you mentioned about your friend using home equity line uh, to buy stocks. I actually used it in real estate. So I borrowed, a, I used a home equity line as down payments. I think my percentage was three, maybe three and a half percent on this home equity line. Went out and purchased single family real estate with these down payments. I, I, and then I, at one point, so my home equity line was about to come due. Like I had, a, it was like going to be a lump sum at the end of the term. I think it was a five-year term that I had on my home equity line. Towards the end of that term, I liquidated some of those properties, paid off that debt, kept some of them. So I have basically an infinite return on the ones that I've kept, which is, right. so if folks, if that's a little bit over your head, as far as the thought process, that's kind of what we're talking about. As far as the education piece, you can use debt as leverage when you understand the cost. So the interest rate is how much that money costs you and understanding that high or low, right? It's no different than if you're going to go get a, a, a sale on whatever down at the store. It's the same thing with money. And that's how that they, they trigger that is with interest rates. And that's how much you know how much that, that money is going to cost you. And if you can borrow it, let's say two or three, and you're educated enough to go out and make a, a return higher than that, that's when obviously you can start making some positive impact in your life moving forward for sure. So I just wanted to interject a couple of those. That's been an example I used. I didn't use it for the stock market, but I used it in the real estate market and uh, obviously has some positive arbitrage there, but then paid back that loan. Now own the houses that I have with no debt. I have no money out of my own pocket. And then, as I mentioned, it's it's basically an infinite return. It's it's a fantastic thing. And and know that you know I, we talked about earlier some people who say oh, I don't, I don't want to borrow any money like debt is bad. But I what I the other point I wanted to make is debt is not bad on its own merits. It's what are you using? Are you borrowing to go on a vacation, or are you borrowing to invest in an asset to get a better return than you're borrowing at? And by the way, almost everyone in the U.S. is borrowing money to buy a home. I don't know too many people who put 100% down to buy, you know, the average home, I think, is now as high as like 350, 400,000. So I don't know too many people who are putting 350 or 400,000 down uh, cash to buy a home. So they're borrowing you know, maybe they, maybe it's a four, say it's 400,000 and they're putting 20% down. That's 80,000. They're borrowing $320,000. That is debt. Right. And so you can't tell me, oh, that's bad. Well, you just borrowed 320,000 to buy a house, which by the way, it's not an asset. It's a liability because you're not getting any income. You're not getting any cash flow from it. So you just is, you know, and, and you, you could argue, okay, well, I'm going to sell it you know, 10 or 20 years from now, make a profit, probably. But again, not guaranteed. And, and I actually calculate, this is an interesting calculation. So my parents bought their house for $37,000, $37,000 in 1968. We sold the house in 2022. So it was 54 years later for 640,000. That sounds like a great return from 38 to 640 over $600,000 gain. 
But if you calculate the compound annual growth rate or the average return, average return per year, it came out to 4.7%. And that doesn't include the improvements they did to on the kitchen, on the backyard, you know, adding a deck and so on. So that come that that return is probably closer to 4%. So not a great return per annum per year on on that but the point being like they borrowed money they didn't at the time in 1968 my parents didn't have the 38,000 so i probably borrowed 34 35,000 and put 10% down and that was you know a good use you know maybe you could argue was it a really great use they got a 4% return not great, but they did get some return and and they borrowed the money for that. So it's the it's the education piece, which is what I stand for a lot here on this podcast, is understanding what money is, how to use debt, what debt is, what an asset versus a liability, understanding just basic concepts like what you're talking about. An asset will put money into your pocket, meaning it will give you a return versus a liability is something that you have to go to work for and pay for out of your own pocket these uh, real estate properties that I'm talking about, not only do I own them without any debt in my, out of my own pocket, what leverage I have on them still, I'm not paying for it at all because my tenants are paying for them. So that's an additional bonus with using through real estate. That's how I've had this example of uh, leverage and how I can use that with the positive arbitrage and everything we've discussed so far with this, these examples here today. So the education piece is crucial. And once again, I'll say it, and I've said it once already, I'm going to say it again, Joel's your guy. If you need to get some of this education, you need to get a hold of Joel. He's offering free 30-minute consultations to help you wherever you are, right? He said it in previous episodes as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be stocks. It can be. Uh, he can talk real estate. He can talk the cryptocurrencies. He can talk, you name it. And Joel's had experience in it. Yeah, a lot of different areas. Uh, maybe you can go into that real quick, Joel, as far as some of the different asset classes that you feel so confident in that obviously you can help people even just with this 30 minutes of, of uh, time of yours. Well, let, let's give a preview for a future episode because chapter six, part two in the nine money rules millionaires use is real estate can make you rich. It's a statement it can make you rich. And if you believe rule number one, when you believe it, it can. So yes, I, I, we have a whole chapter and we can get into that. It's, it's not actually um, a rule, but it's another asset class that we talk about. I, I co-authored that with that chapter with a buddy of mine who professionally invests in real estate. And he kindly said to me, uh, can I add some points to this chapter? And so real estate's, as, as Randy said, you need to understand the difference between an asset and a liability. So we go into that, we go into cash flow and so on. So anyway, I, I, I teach that chapter on real estate. I also have in that chapter, seven step real estate screen. So very simple, similar to my five step stock screen which is proprietary. This is a non-proprietary seven-step real estate screen that you can use to just check to see if your property passes 
And then obviously you can do a lot more work, but at least does it pass the seven step real estate screen? Uh, so that's important. I, I've invested obviously professionally in stocks. Uh, I've also invested professionally in bonds, which uh, people thought my, my colleagues at Citigroup thought I was high in 2009 because I was, we were buying uh, reinsurance company debt at 25 to 40 cents on the dollar, meaning they were trading at 0.4 or 0.3 or 0.25 uh, when, they, when they were sold initially at, at 100 cents or one. And I, I didn't understand, like these companies were trading as if they were going out of business in early 2009, I got approval because I'm a credit analyst by training as well. I, I worked at Moody's, uh, a bond rating agency for almost four years. So I knew, knew credit pretty well and I didn't understand. And it made sense that I didn't understand because nine months later we had doubled our money on all of those positions and more uh, in, in, in less than a year. So I know, I know a lot about bonds as well. So if anyone's interested and then stocks and real estate and so I have specific programs for stocks, for real estate, specifically working on uh, specific programs for bonds and crypto for 2024. And I, I do want to mention that prices are going up in 2024 for both my one-on-one coaching and the Money Miracles membership on, in January of 2024. So here we are towards the end of 23. Uh, jump on a call with me. Because, uh, you know, you, you'll get stuff in that 30 minutes. I think that's very valuable. No obligation to do more, but at least uh, jump on the call and then see, you know, if you qualify for one-on-one -on -one coaching at, at the 2023 price before we, we increase it. Because I guess it's going to be about a 30% increase in 2024 on each of the programs, just partly because people have just manifested so much money that, yeah, I, I feel like I've been massively giving away these products, these services. And so my Money Miracles membership members have manifested $1.7 million US in two years. And my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients have manifested almost $4 million US in the last two years. So it's working. And I feel like you know, I, I need to stop giving. I, I, you know, we talked about giving last week. I'm giving a lot. And so maybe give a little bit less going forward. <laughs> I, love that. I love that. So folks, we've folks, talked we've about this several about times that Joe has a, a personal goal of helping at least 100,000 people become financially free. And the best part about that is that you could be one of them. And that's what he's offering here today. Go to solomore.com. We'll have a link in the show notes, but go there, sign up for a three 30 minute consultation. It's absolutely free. No strings attached but you never know. It could be exactly what you need to get yourself the awareness of different asset classes. How did he might be able to share something, just one simple tip, one simple idea it could be exactly the thing you need to take your life to a whole different level. And that's exactly what he's wanting to do for you today. And that's what we're trying to do with these episodes that we've been producing here over the last few weeks. And so hopefully you found some value in those as well. 
So if you have, I would greatly appreciate it if you would take a minute. And number one, if you would share it with your family and friends, we're trying to spread the message of this podcast and of this content that Joel and I are creating as far and as wide as we possibly can with big goals of helping at least 100,000 people. It's going to take a lot of help to reach those people. And we would greatly appreciate it if you would take a minute to do that. Also, if you would be willing to go to the podcast platform that you're listening to this on, it can also be on YouTube as well. Leave us a comment, leave us a review. Uh, that would be much appreciated to help us try to get up the algorithms as far as getting uh, to the top where folks are looking for this type of content. Because I know that what we've been sharing in the last few weeks could really impact people in a positive way. And if you can help us get there, that would be much appreciated by Joel and myself. So Joel, I really appreciate you coming on again today, going over step number seven today. Uh, yeah, this has been a, a it's a very passionate subject of myself, right? I've used it in different forms, but getting people educated on the piece of the financial piece, if you just understand some basic concepts and look at life a little bit differently than what maybe you've been taught up to this point, you can absolutely start making some significant strides in your financial situation. And you'll be able to look back in a relatively short period of time and wonder how and why you weren't doing it before. But, but we'll worry about that in the future. But first of all, go reach out to Joel and you'll be happy you did. So go out there, have a fantastic day. And until we come back with the next episode here in this series, we appreciate your time. We'll talk soon. Bye now. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me on the Rich Mind Podcast. I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. If so, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. And you can also share it with your family and friends. And as my mentor Jim Roden shared with me, in order to have more, you must first become more. And in order to become more, you must work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So go out there today and work harder on yourself to become more and build the life of your dreams. Until next time, my friends.